Hello and welcome to another episode of On Top of PR. I'm your host, Jason Mudd. Today, we are joined by Firehouse Subs Chief Marketing Officer, and she is sharing with us uh, the experience Firehouse had with COVID-19 and the pandemic. Uh, we're going to talk about how they prepared, what they implemented, and what lessons they learned from the experience. This is going to be a great episode because you're going to learn how to prepare your business similarly and pick up a few tips uh, that they used at Firehouse Sub for you and your company. Thank you for watching. We're glad you're here. You're going to really enjoy this episode. Welcome to On Top of PR with Jason Mudd, presented by ReviewMaxer. Hello and welcome. This is Jason Mudd. I'm your host with On Top of PR. And today I'm joined by Kristen from Firehouse. Kristen, welcome. We're glad you're here. Thanks so much for having me. Well, tell our audience a little bit about yourself and your role at Firehouse. Sure. Uh, so I'm Kristen Madonix. I am the Vice President of Marketing at Firehouse Subs uh, based in Jacksonville, Florida. And I have been with the company uh, in the marketing team since 2008. So it's been a, a long journey with Firehouse Subs. And when I joined, uh, there were approaching 300 locations. And today we have about um, 1,180. So quite a different world today than it was uh, when I joined a number of years ago, but there's been a lot of uh, adventure and learning along the way. The uh, marketing team at the time, I was the second person in the department, um, and now we have about 17 marketing professionals. So um, again, it's changed quite a bit. We have a lot more to cover uh, geographically, a lot more topics that we cover. So uh, social media is part of my team, the digital guest experience, uh, media, advertising. So a lot of pieces come into the uh, firehouse marketing world on a daily basis, but that's what makes it interesting. That's some tremendous growth that you're describing. And uh, so in the time you've been there, you have seen a night and day shift and you're still here yeah. to tell the story. <laughs> and you recently, I don't know how recent it was actually, but you recently earned a, a significant promotion, right? Uh, a couple of years ago, I moved into the leadership position for the department. So now I'm kind of driving that part of, of the bus or the ship. Um, <laughs> or the fire and, truck. Or the fire truck, much more uh, perfect <laughs> analogy. Uh, yeah, so it's been, um, you know, it's part of the reason that I've stayed at Firehouse as long as I have, is there's always something to learn and to kind of uh, challenge yourself with. So moving from, I formerly was leading just the brand team. And so moving into leading the overall department and really having to think about all the pieces just as much as I was thinking about brand before um, has been professionally great for me, but also just great opportunity for the rest of the team to really build up their skill sets as the system itself has grown. So there's just more need for um, more adventures along the way. Excellent. Yeah. So, uh, Real quick, I want to ask you uh, just a little bit about, uh, you mentioned something about the digital desk experience or something like that. Oh, digital guest. Yeah. Digital so, guest. Okay. Explain that. That's uh, what we refer to as the team that handles loyalty, website, uh, our app. So that is our digital guest experience. And um, it started really with one person. And now we have a team of three that's really responsible for thinking about um, how do we take the experience that a guest might have in the restaurant in person and translate it into a version that works just as well, if not better, uh, in the digital space? So that can include pieces of online ordering. Um, certainly the app for us is, is kind of the center of what that team focuses on, uh, as well as some other peripheral elements like um, SEO and, and components of that that are not always overtly thought of, but kind of fall into that team's responsibility. So. We talk a lot about how do we translate 
uh, what we call firehouse heartfelt service to a digital format um, because you're missing some pieces. You know, the, the human part sometimes isn't there. So what's the digital version of that? Uh, and we spend a lot of time working through what those things can be. And it might be a literal translation. So we might say, just as we say, welcome the firehouse, when you physically walk into a restaurant, we might find a way to bring that into the app experience or the online ordering experience to translate that kind of one for one. Uh, or we might find other ways to do different things that maybe technology provides us the opportunity to do um, that we don't do in person just because it, it's more challenging. So it's, it's an interesting um, area, but a really important one, especially the loyalty component um, with COVID in particular, but even long before that, that was an area we were really focused on building. Uh, for the franchisees and for the business overall. Kristen, we've been talking uh, off and on during the uh, global pandemic that we've been dealing with, and uh, Firehouse has been through um, significant uh, service modifications, marketing modifications, et cetera, during this period of time. Why don't we kind of rewind? So, you know, I think in, mm -hmm. in early February, you know, we were hearing about um, COVID-19 and how it was really affecting other countries. I know I was traveling a little bit and kind of keeping my ear and eyes open to, you know, what's happening and are we going to be able to, am I going to be able to come home from this trip and things like that. Um, and so obviously we had kind of plenty of notice. I will candidly admit, I personally was really under uh, valuing or under appreciating, you know, how significant the impact would be on operations and on the economy. Um, I just thought it'd be oh, business as usual. We'll try not to catch it, but we'll keep doing things. And, Obviously, I was very wrong, and so kind of put me uh, put walk us through where you and your organization was in kind of mid February, um, uh, and then we'll talk about you know what happened after that. Sure, I think we were probably similarly uh, in the same frame of mind as you were in the sense that I think people were aware, but um, there have been other kind of viruses out there that we kind of work through, and the economy deals with it, and things move forward. And, you know, also our, our sales trends weren't obviously being impacted in any overt way. So it really wasn't until mid-March when restrictions started going into place and dining rooms started closing and some more significant actions happened in the marketplace that happened to everybody at the same time, essentially, that we all really um, started to think about what is this going to mean? And I think everybody kind of started to uh, be more aware of this is a something that we've not seen before, which I know everyone's probably said a million times, but um, we also don't know how long this is going to last and, and what it's going to look like along the way. So you kind of go into that adrenaline mode of solving for where is it going and how do I um, steer along the way, not knowing what's ahead. So not an, not an easy task for anybody, but um, you know, a lot of us kind of found our way through that to the best we can. Right. Right. So then what was the trigger that suddenly you realized, OK, this is going to be an issue for us? Sure. So as soon as the uh, dining room started closing, so that mid-March period, kind of around St. Patrick's Day up there, mm -hmm. um, we really saw a, the significant impact in transactions and visits to the restaurant and sales overall. And that was across the industry. So it wasn't unique to us. Um, and what we didn't know is how long that was going to last and what was going to change the the trajectory. Um, so we kind of had to ride that roller coaster for a little while, um, trying to do just the fundamental things to keep the business in a forward motion. So we ended up focusing on fundamental things that 
in January, I never would have thought we would have considered. So letting people know that the restaurants were open and what services we can offer when we're open. So, you know, you can order online, you can pick it up to go. So things that people maybe weren't thinking about specifically before, but now it was incredibly important because they may want to be as distant as possible from others because we don't know what we're dealing with. So really fundamental communications on, yes, we're open and this is how we can serve you. And this is what we're doing to make sure that things are safe and you are comfortable um, became the focus, which, you know, in no planning meeting did I have in 2019, did we ever talk about that as a topic we needed to communicate? But in, in 10 days, we realized that was the most important thing to tell people. So you started communicating that to people and what, was, what were the reactions and maybe what were some of the initial lessons learned on that, those communications? Sure, um, we learned very quickly that local was incredibly important. So um, Firehouse Subs is a franchise organization. So our restaurants by and large are owned by local franchisees. And you know, sometimes people see a chain and they think it's just a big corporate entity, which for a lot of Franchise organizations, that's not, that's not the case, really, really. And certainly not for Firehouse. We are built with local owners who live in their communities, employ in their communities. So really telling people that, uh, because there was this huge groundswell of desire to support local restaurants and support local businesses and help, let's all get through this together. And we wanted to make sure that the Firehouse subs locations and our franchisees were part of that movement. So uh, there was extra effort put into just pointing that out to folks. And people were very open to it and incredibly supportive at the time and, and still are. So um, I think the fact that Firehouse also has for a long time invested in communities through the foundation and through other just kind of initiatives locally, we already had a bit of that groundwork in place. So we weren't saying something that didn't have any support. Uh, people already had a sense of that, but it was a good reminder. So really uh, focusing on that local component became really important. And it was really kind of nice looking back on it, that there was this togetherness and we're gonna get through it together and how do we help each other? And, and so things that we would share via social media um, about product or about restaurants being open, typically we would see a little bit of activity in, in the pre-COVID era. Uh, but once we were all kind of working through dealing with COVID, people were much more generous with sharing that information uh, around. So it was, they kind of helped us amplify uh, messages where we wouldn't have seen that in the past. Mm -hmm. So those are things, again, just communicating the fundamentals. And I think looking back on it, we were all just trying to figure out how we we're supposed to navigate this new experience. And so we we're all doing it together. Um, but that local component in particular became a very important piece of the, of the overall puzzle. For sure. And, uh, you know, I, I think that it's very, you know, many of my friends who um, operate franchises uh, or franchisors, they always say, you know, you go from being in the uh, restaurant business to being in the franchising business. And mm -hmm. I think it's so appropriate what you shared is that, you know, um, the brand is local, right? No matter, you know, what your brand is, it's the local experience that that consumer has, whether it's mm -hmm. the experience in your store or the experience, you know, you may have, for example, you know, if you go to buy a pair of Nike shoes for decades, you didn't go buy your Nike shoes at the Nike store, you bought them somewhere else. But it was mm -hmm. still that experience of buying that Nike shoe and how well that sales representative was informed and how they made you feel, uh, you know, during your transaction and after your transaction that was part of the Nike brand. And so in your case, 
you're right. The local franchisee is the local brand ambassador and uh, mm -hmm. consumers do. They, they don't pay a lot of attention. They just want a good product at a good price and, and they're mm -hmm. out. Uh, mm -hmm. But I think, you know, Firehouse has done a good job of giving back to uh, the Firehouse Foundation has done a good job of giving back to the communities and firefighters and first responders in the community. And also every franchise E is a micro business, right? That's, that's, right. that's, that's mm -hmm. serving their community. And so, um, you know, I think that's really important that franchisors get that message out there and think about grassroots and local, as opposed to just being this big corporation with a lot of stores. So, and I right. think Firehouse has done an excellent job at that. And, um, you know, it's a great brand story, great PR opportunity to tell also. So, um, well, and it's very much, I would say, part of the roots of the brand as well. So mm -hmm. Chris and Robin Sorensen, who started it, that's how they started their first restaurant. That's how they built it. So philosophically, being a local business with local connections and really kind of living that um, local impact mm -hmm. has been part of how they grew the business and saw the business, I think, since the early days. So right. it's nice that we've been able to maintain that, even though we have so many more locations. Uh, but I think a lot of the franchisees understand that piece of, of the brand history and, and kind of where its roots are. Um, and that, that makes them successful and, and makes the brand successful. Absolutely. Well, Kristen, let's take a quick break and we'll come back on the other side and talk more about the lessons learned from COVID and how that's changed uh, firehouse marketing and operations moving forward. You're listening to On Top of PR with your host, Jason Mudd. Jason is a trusted advisor to some of America's most admired and fastest growing brands. He is the managing partner at Axia Public Relations, a PR agency that guides news, social, and web strategies for national companies. And now, back to the show. Welcome back to On Top of PR. I'm Jason Mudd. I'm here with Kristen from Firehouse Subs. We're having a great conversation about Firehouse Subs and how they've grown so fast and how they've managed through COVID. If you're enjoying this episode, please don't hesitate to uh, subscribe and or leave us a review on your favorite podcast or video platform. But Kristen, we're really glad you're here. Thank you for everything you're sharing so far. Uh, let's get right back into it and um, talk about uh, what has changed at Firehouse now based on operation and marketing uh, in the uh, kind of, we're kind of arguably still in the midst of it, I guess, but the mm -hmm. uh, COVID-19 pandemic, we're recording this in very late September and, um, you know, uh, trying to keep this relevant to our audience, uh, you know, in the future. So speaking of the future, um, tell us what you've learned. Um, wow. Lots. I would say one of the things that continues to be uh, important for us is really watching the behavior of consumers and following where they lead. So a great example is, um, how they want to order from us and interact from us as a business. So they're much more interested in ordering online uh, versus coming in and sitting down. In a lot of cases, the options to do that are restricted. So really just looking at where the channels of trade are going and then making sure that whatever we're doing from a marketing standpoint uh, match what the consumers are telling us. So you'll see a lot of our messaging has shifted to focus on those options so people understand. In um, one level, you would think, who doesn't have online ordering? Why do I need to tell anybody that? But right. it is important just to say the very simple thing of, yes, you can order online, pick it up and be out the door. Um, we've spent a lot of time thinking about how do we communicate confidence in the sense of, yes, we have the safety components 
covered, but not take it to the point where we make people nervous or put ideas in their head. So right. really thinking about saying things like your order will be boxed and bagged and ready to go, which really tells them all they need to know, but says it in a manner that we've got this, it's well thought through, um, your safety is important to us without kind of getting into the really dramatic angles, which sure. you, know, you could choose to do, but we were really, um, focused on thinking about how do we instill confidence in guests and comfort because ultimately that's what they, they really want from us. So a lot of those pieces came into focus over the past several months and will continue um, for as long as COVID continues to be a part of our lives, I would expect. Well, I like that. I think it's important that your communication always be clear and concise. And I tell people all the time, be smart and be brief, right? And. Uh, mm -hmm. If you, if you get into too much of the weeds, you just open up more questions and, and more challenges to communicating, like you said, such a simple message. Right, and it really takes some discipline to set those couple things aside that you wanna slide in there because you're sure everyone will get all of the points you wanna make. Um, right. But the reality is if you can really focus in on what's most critical, mm -hmm. um, that's really important. And we've also started to learn too that especially if we're talking about uh, doing a broadcast spot or a video, you know, there are things that you have to say or want to say audibly, and there are things that you can show. So you don't always have to do both to get your point across. We might show meats being sliced without actually saying it. So we're showing the quality cue without having the audio have to do that work. So there's a little bit of that um, massaging of the message that we think about as well. Uh, so we don't have to leave everything that we want to communicate aside, but we don't have to give it all the same weight either. So sometimes we let the the most critical message, for example, in this world, online ordering, um, how, let that lead. So with hundreds of locations and every location um, seemingly having different, you know, local ordinances and mandates and nuances, are you and your team getting involved at a micro level on each of those markets or are you providing some general guidance to the field? Uh, are you looking at things on a region by region? I mean, you mentioned you're headquartered in Jacksonville. Obviously, mm -hmm. things are different in Florida than they might be in Seattle or on the West Coast. Um, and even, you know, I was talking to somebody uh, earlier uh, in New York City, for example, you know, they're expected to wear masks outside and everywhere they go, even if they're social distancing, you know, perhaps mm -hmm. uh, on, on the sidewalk or um, even in a park, maybe. I, I believe they're supposed to still wear a mask if they're outside uh, in any kind of public um, element or environment. So where do you go to get your information and, and how are you communicating this? Because that would seem overwhelming with hundreds of stores. So we have a, a QA department that is amazing. And part of their responsibility is making sure we have a handle on what those regulations are by state and sometimes more granularly. So at least we understand what we're dealing with. Um, ultimately, the, the local owners, the franchisees are the ones that need to comply. So on a marketing side, what, what our team works to do is make sure that the assets that we put together are flexible enough. So if someone needs to adjust something uh, to comply with the local regulation. We had a lot of that early on, uh, gotten a little bit easier now, but you know, um, the number of people that could be in a restaurant or the, the social distance requirement or whether masks were required or not. And all those things were changing really fast. Mm -hmm. And so we ended up really kind of creating some assets that could be customized even on a per restaurant basis if it needed to be that granular uh, so that a franchisee could have the assets they need to comply and make sure they were following all the regulations as quickly as possible. And we didn't want them waiting for, you know, somebody in, in Jacksonville, Florida to make them a sign. Right. Um, so we really tried to kind of deploy as much of that 
out so that they could be as responsive because early on things were changing quite a bit. Um, and fortunately, we're not in that position where there's as much change as often, but you know, we still have local municipalities will make decision changes. And so we have to be flexible. Right. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Now, are there any guidelines that uh, your stores are taking or your company is taking um, in markets, um, regardless of say local reg regulations? So for example, where I live, you know, they recently pulled back and said, you don't have to wear masks if you live in the county and obviously each city within the county and each, um, you know, business is entitled to create their own rules, but you know, masks are now optional in the county overall. Um, so, you know, how, how is your, how are your stores responding to things like nuances like that? In general, the guidance is you have to comply with whatever the local requirements are. And as we just talked about those vary. So that's first and foremost, we have mm -hmm. to be in compliance and follow those rules. Right. Um, and then beyond that, you know, a lot of times we talk about what are the decisions you need to make to make your guests feel comfortable, but just as important, your crew members feel comfortable right. who are working there. So right. a lot of operators will make decisions um, that maybe go a little above and beyond mm -hmm. because their crew is more comfortable and more confident because of that. So we aren't mandating that on a system-wide basis because that really varies on, on where you are and, and um, kind of how people feel. So we wanna make sure that there's space there um, for those kinds of nuances to be considered and really empower the franchisee for the things that they can be discretionary on um, that aren't mandated by um, their, their city or their state. You know, if they want to add things, then they're empowered to do that, especially if it makes their guests and their crew feel for more confident, and more comfortable. Excellent. So believe it or not, we're starting to run out of time. So let me uh, let me ask you maybe a couple more questions. And the sure. first one is, uh, you know, obviously this episode is going to attract, um, you know, other uh, CMOs and uh, uh, franchisors and people that are in the, the quick service restaurant space. Um, you know, kind of what would be just some advice maybe you would give to them either overall or specifically related to uh, your experience with COVID? Um, I would say probably one of the things I've learned and um, I think I appreciate it now, but maybe not when it was happening, was the demand on being just so nimble. And really there was so much information coming out um, at one period of time, first there was nothing, there was not enough information, then there was too much information. And mm -hmm. so you really got to a point where you had to stop, kind of say, this is what I know in this moment, and I'm going to make a decision, and I'm going to stick with it until this period of time, and then I can reevaluate it, because otherwise, there was no way we were going to be able to move forward. So right. we started to really look at things in shorter spans, 30-day mm -hmm. um, cycles is kind of how we started to look at it. And for that is something that I think we may continue. Um, just because it's been helpful for us. We're much more flexible in our planning. Most of our promotions, we now are planning two. Um, one, if things go as we expect, and one, if things go a different direction, just because it's more efficient and certainly less um, pressure on everybody if we have those ready to go. And um, that's good. Right. <laughs> and, you know, I think the team is now kind of used to that. So yeah. it's, not a, it's not a new idea anymore. And I think it's also helpful from a franchisee space perspective of, I know there's a plan if something goes an un unexpected direction. And so much of COVID has been uh, unexpected and um, uncertain that right. I think having a little bit of like, all right, I know that there's an alternative option here. If something happens, I can think about something else and not worry about, you know, right. 
going down another path. So that has been really helpful. And I imagine that that discipline may may hang along long after we you know COVID is in the rearview mirror. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Kristen, um, uh, I want to thank you for being on the episode. If our audience wants to connect with you, what's the preferred way for them to to uh, reach out? Would that be through LinkedIn or social media? What, what's your yeah. Um, LinkedIn is a great way to find me. Uh, so you can just message me via LinkedIn. So Kristen Madonics is, as uh, the name that you'll find and happy to uh, interact. Yeah. And, and please make sure you say that you heard her on, on top of PR as opposed to just a random connection request. And I'm sure we all get too many of those and like, do I know this person? You know, I'm not <laughs> sure. So I always like to, you know, a PSA is always try to build some kind of context, right? So the person, right. asking, why are you reaching out to me? And, 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 you know, what are we going to talk about kind of thing? So, well, that was very cool. Um, I appreciate that. And I also just think if if you enjoyed this episode, um, you know, the Firehouse Foundation does a lot in the communities where there are firehouse uh, locations. So if you have a firehouse location near you or you just enjoyed what Kristen shared and that was, was beneficial to you, please consider uh, making an online donation. I think you can make them online, can't you, to the Firehouse uh, Foundation? Yeah. Uh, the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation. Uh, yes, they will gladly accept online donations. And um, also, anytime you make a purchase uh, at Firehouse Subs in the U.S., a portion of that purchase is donated to the foundation. So you can do double amount of good. Donate online go. and then buy a sandwich, and that'll include a donation as well. I love it. Yeah, that sounds yeah. great. And, and you know, uh, first responders obviously, uh, you know, uh, need support as well. But uh, your mm -hmm. foundation, your organization has done so much to donate much-needed equipment. And, and communities. And um, I mean, I'm just really impressed with that story. And maybe on another episode, we could talk more about that specifically, because I know we could spend an entire show just talking about the philanthropy and the vision of your founders and how they've been good partners uh, throughout the decades that they've been, um, you know, busy, busy, busy growing and expanding uh, their, uh, the firehouse subs uh, restaurants uh, across uh, North America. Absolutely. It's such an important part of, of the story, as you mentioned, and the brand and part of what um, helps us grow. Yeah, we should we should definitely get together and talk about it. That sounds good. We'll do it soon. Uh, Kristen, again, be well. Thank you to you and yours yeah. for uh, joining us today. And uh, if there's everything we can do for you, please let us know. Great. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thanks for being here. Be well. This has been On Top of PR with Jason Mudd, presented by Review Maxer.